Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. A podcast of Central Indiana Today is now available on SoundCloud or iTunes. Made possible by Figment 2 McDonald's. Figment 2 McDonald's has locations in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of WYRZ 98.9 and Community Radio. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Boy, do we have a great show for you. Going to get things started with Indiana's new Mr. Football, Brownsburg quarterback Hunter Johnson. And we'll speak with him along with his head coach, John Hart. And then we're going to talk with Troy Kennett. And Troy is a local musician. He's had a phenomenal career as a keyboard player. Has played for everybody from John Mellencamp to Rare Earth to Donovan. And now he's doing some great local work as well. So we're going to talk with him about his amazing career in the music industry. That's coming up in just a little bit. First, we talk with Indiana's new Mr. Football, Brownsburg quarterback Hunter Johnson, along with his head coach, John Hart. Here's that conversation. Well, Coach, it was a great year for Brownsburg football. Uh, you got to be very pleased with your first year uh, heading the helm for the Bulldogs. Yeah, we really were. Our, our kids were outstanding, and you know, and, and uh, you get a look at this guy right here uh, was pretty special. And uh, but you know, mostly I, I love the enthusiasm. I, Hunter and I talk about it quite often. I've talked to it with his parents. I I love high school. What high school sports do, and especially for me, high school football. Uh, and our school spirit and our student body, 
all great reasons, you know, to to perform well. Uh, and we got Hunter on his very last day here at Brownsburg High School. Hunter, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, uh, are you sick of doing media interviews already? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know I've got plenty more to come in the future, so um, no, I'm, I'm good with We're it. We're part of your college prep program. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. So take us through uh, what, what your initial thoughts on being Indiana's Mr. Football. What an honor. Yeah, no, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty cool, pretty special. Uh, definitely something I've been uh, – it's been a goal of mine for a long time and a, a dream of mine, and now that it's kind of came true, I guess, it's it's pretty pretty awesome. So take us through. Do they call you up and say, congratulations, you're the lucky winner? Uh, how does that go? Uh, no. we kinda, Coach Hart kind of surprised me out in the football building. Okay. Uh, they all kind of surprised me out there and um, kind of walked in. They had the cameras on me and um, kind of told me from there. So that was pretty was pretty cool. I was pretty pretty surprised because I, I had no idea when it was going to be announced. and um, So, yeah. Coach, I know we talked before the season, and you talked about how special this this young guy could be. Uh, take us through kind of what you wanted to do this year with Brownsburg football, and and it sort of advanced his career, and, and did it kind of work out the way you wanted to, minus maybe the postseason? Yeah, you know, I what we did so well was is to find ourselves, and I think that's one of the hardest things to do in a team concept. Uh, and and foot, you know, high school football is that ultimate team concept. And uh, he was the same, or not the same. Obviously, he got better, but he was a great player last year on a four and five, three and six team. So, you know, uh, what what kind of changed? And I know people want to give him credit or want to give me credit. It really, I think we were the same people. So I don't think I don't think we changed that much. What changed was is the fact that. You know, you get 11 guys out on the field at a time all working together and being selfless and, uh, you know, having seniors play the scout team and being as good as the team you're going to see Friday night and so that you get prepared and that competition level is there. Those were all the things that kind of made things really special for this year. Uh, again, I guess Hunter Johnson as well as John Hart. Uh, Hunter, of course, Mr. Football. John Hart, the head coach at Brownsburg High School. Hunter, I got to see the weight room here, which is always fun, and, and you realize how hard you guys work. Take us through uh, how much work you put in between your junior and senior year and how much it made you a better football player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just the weight room and conditioning um, in the off season is, is crucial um, to, to stay in shape in the off season and improve uh, for the next season. So. Um, I think that was I saw a big jump in that from this past season and just seeing it now in these offseason workouts just how much these guys are working and how much they're improving um, it's just it's great to see and it obviously it translates onto the football field what motivated a guy like you you obviously know you're going to play at a very nice college somewhere whether yeah. it's Clemson or anywhere else what motivated you for this final season uh, just knowing that um, you know with with how many seniors we have this year and um, those guys that I'm, I'm so close to and juniors and all these guys just it was really important for me and important for them to, to go out with a winning season. And so um, to go, you know, win conference um, our senior year and, and beat some great teams that we did um, is, is really fun and really special. Coach, we talked about this last time you were on the show, the evolution of high school football and the offenses now, they're literally like running a pro-style pro offense. Um, I'm curious with this guy how easy that made your job because these guys, you don't huddle a lot of times now. Guys just look over to the sidelines, get the play, do audibles on, on the field. It's professional football stuff, and I'm curious, having a Hunter Johnson, how much easier that makes your job? Well, you know, I tell you, the tough part the first year is getting everybody on the same page because everybody's used to looking in different directions and everything else. So with what we do can be as vastly different as what Clemson and Alabama do. So uh, so uh, it was a challenge in, in that in that standpoint. Yeah, I, I think the, the skill part of, of Hunter 
the, the ability to make the throws he makes. And uh, I, I was with Coach Sweeney at a, one of the camps, and he's out there throwing the football. And, and uh, if you know Coach Sweeney, he's a, very much a Southern. He goes, you know, something like, you know, you know golly gee, I've, <laughs> I've, I've not seen a high school kid make that throw before and, uh, and something like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, he can, he's got the skills uh, of – well, the last person I, I seen live was Jeff George, and, uh, and I've seen a lot of live great players, including guys in the NFL like Jay Cutler and those guys. Uh, so that's a pretty big gap between those uh, to see thousands of athletes and his skill level. Uh, and as a Bears fan, we would love to see Hunter end up on the Bears someday. Yeah. Hopefully he does yeah. a little better than Jay has done for the Bears. Hunter, I, I'm curious. Uh, Browns got such a rich football tradition, and obviously he mentioned Jeff George. Uh, Danny Gatlin, who was the quarterback yeah. for the 84 yeah. and 85 teams, a lot of people thought was better than Jeff George. Were you sort of aware of Brownsburg's rich football tradition and so, sort of the, some of the guys that had, had come before you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just kind of. Usually at our banquets, we kind of go through the record books, and I'd, I'd always see his name in there. I'd see Gatlin's name in there, and so that was kind of something I guess I'd shoot for to, to kind of reach and, and surpass. So um, definitely looking at those kind of guys and, and you know, seeing where I stack up is, is, uh, is fun, but it's, it's also a, a good way to, to, to know where you're at. You were a real pleasure to watch this year in the, the couple games we did on uh, WYRZ. One of the things you did so well was you incorporated your teammates into into the game. You could do anything by yourself, but you really incorporated your teammates. In it. And I'm curious you know, if that was uh, something that, that you thought about out there, to, hey, we've got to make these guys better because as a, as if they don't get better, the team doesn't get better. Absolutely. Um, you know, with as many young guys as we had this year, um, you know, out on the edges and um, you know, as, as well as on the line. And um, it was important to, to kind of pump those guys up and make sure they stay focused and involved in the game, which they did every every day, every practice, every game. Um, they just they knew what we were trying to get this year, and, and they, they really worked, worked their butts off. Is it hard to be you? I mean, because everybody, you walk out, people, hey, that's Hunter Johnson. He's, you know, he's, gonna, he's Mr. Football. Is, is yeah. it tough to be you, or is it cool to be you? <laughs> Um, it's, I mean, sometimes it can be a little over, overwhelming, I guess, but I, I enjoy it. it. It's great. Um, it's great to, to go to the intermediate schools and the elementary schools and reach out to those kids, you know, um, just kind of thinking back, you know, cause I was in their shoes one time looking right. up at high schoolers. And so, um, just to be able to give back to them and, and be an example for them is, is something that I pride myself on and have a, I have a great time with. I remember announcing games when you were freshman and sophomore thinking this guy's going to be really, really good. When did you think you were going to be really, really good? <laughs> um, like five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, my dad was always my coach growing up. And so, he played quarterback in, in uh, you know, my brother kind of played a little bit of quarterback uh, throughout his career. And so I guess that was just something that was always part of the family. And so, um, you know, just I was always kind of competing with them to, to be the best. So um, it's just quarterback and football has just been a thing I've always loved and been something I've been passionate about to, to be the best I can be. Getter guess is Indiana's Mr. Football Hunter Johnson as well as Brownsburg head football coach John Hart. Coach, we talked about uh, at the beginning of the year before the season started, you know, <coughs> Brownsburg has high expectations for football and they hadn't really met those the last couple of years. You sort of had dual expectations. One, you had to get the team better, but you, you had this guy who was such a crown jewel. Was that tough sort of having multiple fronts where people are going, you got to do really well this year? You know, I, I used to be on the committee for Mr. Football, and uh, um, I, I think one of the things, I, I think the reason, because uh, there were some great players in the state of Indiana, and all of them deserving of, of, of Mr. Football, uh, but, but I, I, I think they sometimes people forget it's not about who had the best season. 
right? Because those are really, really hard to argue sometimes. But you talk about Mr. Football, you talk about the character, you talk about the career, you talk about the, the leadership, and you take all those things about what, the, the, what you want the, the state of Indiana to reflect. And I'm telling you, I've been around some great, great players, and, and Paul, Paul McIntosh was Mr. Football that played for me. Uh, Shakir Bell was runner-up and probably should have been. Uh, uh, he, he was a lot like Rush East. He was definitely the best. He had the best season that year. Uh, so, and arguably the best player. Like, I'm sure Center Grove's arguing that right. he's the best player. Uh, but I think when you put everything together about what Mr. Football is and the reflection, it's almost, they could almost name it the Peyton Manning Award. It's like, you know, Peyton Manning did a lot more for football than just throw incomplete passes. Uh, he did that for us. He did a lot more than just complete passes or run an offense. And, uh, and I think he did that for the state of Indiana. I think he's, he's going to be an exciting part of, of the state of Indiana following SEC. Uh, he'll be one of the guys that uh, you either love him or hate him in, on, the, on the web boards. And that's fine, too. It's okay to, you know, to, to, to be critical of somebody when you've got broad shoulders. He's so well-grounded with, with mom and dad and his family that uh, uh, I think only success is going to happen. Now, Coach knows, Hunter, we have one rule on the show. I have to ask you, like, one somewhat difficult, difficult okay. question. Right. Everything else is pretty, is pretty easy. Okay. Is it, he mentioned the message boards. Is it weird, like, you get on the Internet and, like, grown men are talking about you? Like, you're going to really help this, this football program that millions of people are thinking about. Is that weird to, to get online and go, Oh, these all these adults are talking about me, and I just want to be an 18-year-old kid. Yeah, exactly. It, it is a little weird, um, you know, just having so many people that you've never met before um, <laughs> seem that they they you know are, know you so tightly. But it's just part of it, I guess. And um, I'm not a huge kind of social media guy. That's good. So stay I, off I try, of it. Yeah, I try my best to kind of stay away and just be me and, and don't worry about what, what other people think of me. Has, is there, was there ever any pressure as a high school quarterback? Because obviously, great stadium, it's full every mm-hmm. Friday night, thousands of people are coming to watch you play, and obviously it's going to be magnified coming up next year, mm-hmm. but do you ever feel any pressure? Um, Did you even know I, fans are in the stands? Y- yeah, not not really. Um, you know, I guess just because I've been playing quarterback for so long, uh, you know, and starting out as a freshman, and you know, just kind of growing from there, I just became more and more comfortable with it, and um, just the community we have here, I know they're so supportive of, of me and the team. Uh, it just made it a lot easier to go out there Friday nights. You've already been giving back a lot to Brownsburg. As you mentioned, you give a lot of your time. We had a chance to interview my, my buddy Tucker Barnhart a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, uh, talking about he comes back and gives. Talk about what's going to be on your mind. You know, you are a, a symbol of Brownsburg now, and, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that's going to be something that's going to be on your mind, and you're going to come back and, and be a really a focal point of this community that we can show off and say, this is our guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's great to 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 have been uh, you know, a good example for for Brownsburg, and um, you know, I just I, I just want to be able to come back, you know, and support as much as I can in the future, and um, you know, it's just been I've had nothing but great things since I've came here to Brownsburg, and uh, just so happy. Okay, Coach, the bell, there it is, the bell, it's right there, the Avon Brownsburg bell. You guys got the bell. That's great, right? You know, and a lot of people would use it as a novelty thing. You see, we put it to work. Yeah. So every time we hit a club, we're out there ringing, ringing that bell. So uh, uh, we've had a good time with. I think it's a it's a great uh, kind of piece to the tradition of, of our of our two two communities as we as we've grown. But uh, you know, I, I do. Can I tell one uh, yeah, hunter story? Absolutely. I want to tell one hunter story. So when people ask me about you know what kind of kid he is. Uh, uh, this summer, right at the end of the summer, their the track team qualified for state. Well, 
guys who are running for Mr. He's football. He's kind of fast, right? He's kind of fast. So he he had the option that most most players his status would not have ran track. Right. Okay? Because, you know, it's not a major sport and it's not got a lot of glory and all that stuff. So they wouldn't have ran track after they'd been offered by everybody in the country. Well, he only not only ran track, I've never seen him miss a practice, never seen him be late to practice, never seen him in a bad mood to practice. So he qualifies for state. I think Do you need an agent? <laughs> oh, I can't ask that yet. That's right. i got to wait a couple of years. Yeah. Ahead, so I think on Thursday you guys qualified. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Am I right? So Thursday they qualify. Thursday night he flies basically to California. He does the Elite 11. Friday he flies back to Indiana to run the state competition. Saturday he gets b- back on the plane, flies back out to finish Elite 11, Comes, flies back here Sunday night, gets in like 3 or 4 in the morning. We have our first workout at 6 a.m., and who shows up first out of everybody? That's the kind of kid that Clemson's getting. That's the kind of kid who, who you want being Mr. Football, and that's the kind of kid. It's the reason why he's up for the, the probably one of the most famous awards in the All-American Bowl. Uh, so uh, so that, that, that's what makes me proud. His skill level and all that kind of stuff – is was obviously there a lot a lot longer than I've been here, and I uh, I do tell everybody he was so bad when I got here that it just it just. Uh... <laughs> uh, Hunter, I'm curious. In the five minutes or so we have left with you, um, what do you do as Mister Football now? Is it like being Miss America? Are there pageants you have to go to? Different events you have to do? What What do you do now? Yeah. Um... Honestly, I, I just kind of, I just kind of go with the flow of things. The, the, there's no itinerary. If there's a, yeah, if there's an interview here or there, you know, I just kind of take it, and then um, I think there's a couple of banquets coming up, and, you know, before I take off to to go to Clemson that I'll uh, I'll go to, and um, they're gonna, I think we're gonna try to do some kind of jersey presentation here at the high school, but um, yeah, just just a lot of fun things coming up. Now, Coach knows on this show, people who do great things, we always ask them about their family because that's such a big thing, and you've touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'd like to go into detail what, what, your, what your parents and sibling have meant to you um, and, and how, the role they played in your accomplishments and success. Absolutely. Um, you know, just with my parents and, and my brother as well, um, you know, growing up I always looked up to my brother and um, I looked up to my dad and my mom. Um, but my brother, you know, we're about four years apart, and he's at Northwestern now playing football. And so there are no stupid people at Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's been a, a great person to to go to for advice, um, and uh, as well as my parents. My parents have been so supportive of me, whether it's flying to California four times in one <laughs> weekend, or um, you know, they're they're always there for me. They always they're always uh, whatever I want. You know, they're they they can I can always count on them for it, and I uh, just love them to death. Why Clemson? Because you could pretty much could have gone wherever you wanted. Why Clemson? Um, for me, it was kind of a, just a no-brainer. You know, I kind of stepped on campus, and I was like, wow, this is where I want to go. Um, and my parents, were this, they could just, they said they could see it in my face. Um, you know, just, just knew it was the, the right place for me. And um, just great coaches, great people, um, you know, great football history. And, um, you know, I just couldn't be more excited you about it. You would have looked great at Notre Dame. Notre Dame really <laughs> could have used you. I, I got that a lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were people pressuring you like, oh, hey, I'm a huge IU fan. You could be the savior for IU football. I mean, did you get pressure like that for uh, people? Yeah. Your buddies calling oh, yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, jokingly, but sometimes not, you know, just kind of um, you know, just trying to, to get me to stay home, I guess. But Coach, where where does Brownsburg football go now? Obviously, he graduates, moves on. You had a great year this year. But, you know, Brownsburg football is a year-in, year-out thing. Where do you guys go now? How do you build on this great first season? 
Well, the, the first thing you have to do as a coach is, I, I think, is, is that within your offense and within your defense, if you have somebody like a Hunter in there, is that you can build that offense around that great talent, but you your offense has to be versatile to change whenever he leaves and Paul McIntosh leaves and some of those players yeah. that I've that I've had, Shakir Bell. So when those guys leave, you you keep the base of the offense, and we have some great young players, some great young players. Uh, I, I was shocked that Bryce wasn't uh, unanimous choice uh, All State wide receiver all across the board, and uh, you know Duke Davis is going to be a really good one and. Uh, we've got some even younger kids that are that have some talent. We got a lot of good linemen come back, so we're excited about the youth of our football program uh, all the way through. I think our sixth graders finished uh, second in the state, so uh, we're we're going to have a program where our expectations are going to be really really high every year. And I, I've I read one of Hunter's uh, letters to Elite 11, and uh, uh, he just said, you know, something that made me really proud is that he thinks the expectation for championships are going to be yearly now, and that's exactly what I would want to uh, for somebody to, to feel about our program that's played in our program. I am told through the grapevine, I have no idea if this is true or not. People give me information, I don't know if it's true. I am told the enthusiasm this year for Brownsburg football from the players, from the coaches, from everybody, was at a level that people have been around this stuff for a long time, have not seen. How was it from your perspective? I mean, you've been around a lot of great teams, coached a lot of great kids. How was the enthusiasm this year? Well, I'll say at least the student body. Our crowds are as big as any of them, and most any of them even in Texas, you know, where they think football was invented. Uh, <laughs> so so I think our crowds and stuff, but our student body, and I see Hunter kind of smile, same thing. I've never seen a student body as excited and, as a, and much into it. And I'll say this, kind of the last piece. Our head coaches, our sports all interact so well. I mean, they they were excited, you know. It would be the you know the swim team or the golf team or the uh, the volleyball team. We interacted, and I, I feel I really do feel like we say one heartbeat and you know one team. Uh, I really feel that. I, I feel like this whole school is is so behind being successful. And anybody will tell you that 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 a great football team helps become helps the school become you know even greater than what it is. Hunter, I want to close with this, give you an opportunity, because obviously we're the, the local voice here, mm -hmm. and, and uh, I was really excited to do this today because you've meant so much to the, the community. Anything you want to say to the community, people that are listening to this right here in Brownsburg, not those people at Clemson mm -hmm. that are going to get to love you for the next four years, mm -hmm. maybe three, depending on how things go, <laughs> but uh, anything you want to say to the folks right here in Brownsburg? Uh, just thank you. Thank you for, for all the support um, that they've given me, and thank you to all the parents that have um, in the, within the football team and and in the stands that that have you know provided dinners for us not Friday nights or oh, Thursday meals. nights, yeah. Thursday nights, yeah, um, and uh, just all the support that we've been given um, throughout my four years here has been so special. Um, and and you know some I've built great relationships with so many people that that I'll have for the rest of my life. Coach, you want to uh, say something about Hunter as well and what he sort of meant to your your first year at uh, at Brownsburg High School. Well, first of all, anybody who's listening, if Hunter does ever get drafted in the NFL, he said he will buy tickets for them anytime they want to come to a game. So, so uh, I'll, the, quarter, I'll, the quarterback yeah. has some pull, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll list his cell number up there so you guys can all contact him. Yeah, he's just a he's just a great kid. And he talked about his family. They really have been absolutely terrific. I, I know sometimes people think whenever you have a great player, the families can be you know way out there and stuff. Been just the opposite. Just some of the best people you could ever be around. 
I'm looking forward. I think I'm coming out to spring ball to see him awesome. uh, throw, throw the pigskin around. So maybe I'll get uh, back on the radio and tell you how he did. That's awesome. Well, Coach, we want to thank you for all you've done. What a phenomenal first year. It's been a, just a joy to watch, a joy to cover. Hunter, congratulations. You, you know, I've interviewed the president before, but I was really <laughs> excited about doing this because you mean so much to our hometown that we love so much. So thank you, thank so you much. for all you've done for, for Brownsburg. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yep. Yep. That was Indiana's new Mr. Football, Brownsburg quarterback Hunter Johnson, along with Brownsburg football head coach John Hart. Going to have some great things coming for Brownsburg football for years to come. Up now on the program, had the privilege of speaking yesterday with Troy Kennett, and he is a local musician, great keyboard player, and he has had a phenomenal career playing keys for everybody from Donovan to Rare Earth to John Mellencamp. Just a great guy that I have had the chance to, to get to know over the past couple of years and wanted to sit down and talk with him about his phenomenal career. Troy, more than willing to do it. He's also got a lot of great local stuff going on right now. Here's that conversation. Troy, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. All right, so I've wanted to do this for a long time, and, and here's how I met Troy. Now, this is a, a true story. Troy plays, uh, is the live music entertainment at the Business Leader cover parties a lot, yes, right? several years now. And uh, you do a great job with that. You're just uh, doodling away at the piano, as Dennis DeYoung once called it. Uh, that would be an accurate description. Uh, yeah, I love doing that, actually. I, I remember uh, when I was going to Ball State, I wanted to learn jazz piano just so I can do that kind of thing, and now I do it with more like classic rock. So me, of course, I'm an obnoxious person to everyone, and, and uh, I went up, and uh, Shane and I started talking, and I said, I wonder if this guy can play something for Springsteen for me. And uh, Shane said, leave him alone. I said, no, 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 I'm going to go up and ask him. And Troy and I started talking. Not only did he play a Springsteen song for him, we started talking. He started telling me about his music background, and I thought, this guy is the best guy. And so we love going to the business leader cover parties because as soon as I walk in, Troy busts out a Springsteen song for me. Uh, I'm curious, how long does it take you to learn a song? Like, I can't wait you say, can you play this? Like, did you just do it from memory or? That one, you know, I think I had it in a, like a classic rock song book maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are certain people that show up there. I know that, that uh, okay, Jeff just walked in. I'm going to play some Steely Dan. Right. Chances are I've already played some Steely Dan because I do a <laughs> lot of that. But um, And ever since I met you, that's just part of the thing. And, and the next time I, I was ready for a couple of them, I don't know if I did it the first time or maybe I did Hungry Heart. Yeah. And the next time I was ready for 10th Avenue yeah. Freeze Out. Um, when I see Shane, it's great to see, you know, he'll call out some artists i'll try to do something obscure i, I remember doing can we still be friends and he <laughs> looked over and said todd rundgren yeah. not that obscure but now yeah. you have played with so many great artists we we're talking about before we went on the air we're gonna get into it today and this is why i love this show because it gives me an opportunity to talk to the, what I, I call them hidden gems here in central indiana and you played with donovan you played with rare earth and of course melon camp and i'm curious at what point did you say I not only want to do music as a profession, but I want to play on a big time stage. Yeah. Um, I guess when I was in high school, uh, I was at Wapahani during a time when the band program was great. We got to go to the uh, Macy's Parade in New York City, wow. and I was just really inspired by that. Um, and then it was the only thing I could really do better than my big brother. So I stayed <laughs> with it um, and then went to Ball State, majored in music and got a job uh, playing in a band, making $200 a week. Uh, I just loved it. I knew that's what I wanted to do, but not necessarily at that level. So I met some people in the recording industry, made some connections, and, and then eventually just got an entry-level position uh, doing studio work. Do you remember the first time you got a gig and you go, this is it, this is going to lead me down the path to, to oh, a lot of yeah. great things? Oh, yeah, that's why, yeah, it's, that's, that was what I uh, think around 
eh, late 80s, I thought this was it. I was going to, you know. Do you remember uh, what it was? Like, what happened? Was there a moment where you said whether it was a gig with a, a big-time artist or whatever where you go, this is, this is opening the door for me? Um, that connection, yeah. I met uh, Todd Schaefer, who was the singer of 1001. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I met him when I was doing another gig. And this was the guy I wanted to meet. Um, and then I remember meeting Gary Schatzline, who owned TRC Studios. And I knew that, though, this is the guy I want to meet. <laughs> and, um, you played with Donovan. Yeah. And uh, you, yes. you you told me, you told me, I'm, I'm asking this with great anticipation, because <laughs> you told me you have a Donovan story for me. Because Donovan, I've always said this, we play, of course, a ton of Donovan music on our station. Yeah. Uh, I said, this guy strikes me as a really eclectic fellow that would be interesting to chum around with for a few hours. Oh, yes. Um, I did some, uh, we recorded a few songs. Dane Clark was producing. And um, and then we ended up doing a show. It was like an outdoor kind of festival. And um, I was playing with uh, just a um, uh, five-piece band, I think it was. And I didn't know this was coming, but all of a sudden Donovan looked over and said, I'm going to ask Troy, would you please play A Whitest Shade of Pale? <laughs> and then he leaves the stage, and I'm doing that. And then I found out later it was because he needed to relieve himself. So he just walks off the stage, and I ended up doing that just solo, and then he came back, and we finished the Did show. Did he ask if fine. you knew it? I mean, No, he just, in the middle of the show, he just looked over. <laughs> he knew I would know it. You know, it's like, it's kind of a staple. You, keyboard players should know that. Again, our guest is Troy Kennett, phenomenal local musician, played with everybody from Donovan to Mellencamp to Rare Earth. I, am, I have so many things I want to talk to you about today, but before we, we get into some of the Mellencamp stuff and everything else, you're doing something really cool. You, As you mentioned, you're a Ball State guy, you're a Cardinal, yeah. and you've gone back and you've done some lecturing there. Yes, I was thrilled to get, get to go back there just last week. Um, Daniel Porter asked me to come up and speak at his class called Surviving in the Music Business. That sounds great. Oh, yeah. And if you can figure that out, let me know. So I'm <laughs> still working on it, but... I, I uh, told them that I always thought I would go back there maybe and, and teach music theory someday. Well, this was far from it, but I still, um, it was great to go up there and talk about some of the things that I do outside of Mellencamp so they can see that there's a lot of different ways to make a living. How did the Mellencamp thing come about? Okay, this is a, I, I'm glad you asked this. This is a, um, one of those things I'd love to tell people because it was uh, in the fall of 2005, and my grandparents were living in New Orleans, and they had just endured Hurricane Katrina. Right. And my brother and I were planning to go down there and move them back up to Muncie, Indiana. Well, I got the call on a Thursday afternoon to go down and record with John on Monday morning. My brother and I had to go down there to New Orleans on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I took my accordion and practiced in the back of my brother's truck all the way down there <laughs> so I could be ready for Monday morning. So he, he was... Uh, he was in it with me. Did you meet him through mutual acquaintances? Yeah, uh, Dane Clark's the drummer that's played with him since 96, and I've done a lot of session work with, with Dane at Gaither Studios and, and jingle work around town. I've just known him since probably 1990. And it was his recommendation when they needed somebody to fill in for some sessions. Uh, I've 
Kenny Arnoff uh, mm-hmm. years ago when I worked at the old incarnation of Brownsburg Radio Station, WKLU, yeah. we did a thing called the Ultimate Top Ten, and he came in and did his ten favorite songs. He had a yeah. uh, on-air talent who he was friends with, and he talked about the first time he heard it. And I'm trying to remember this. This has been 11, 12 years ago now, but he talked about the first time he heard Pink Houses when Mellencamp told him, hey, I've got this song, and I think it's going to really work. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about how it just floored him away. And I'm curious, as Mellencamp, you know, he's aged a bit. He's not as active. But I'm curious, when you sit down with Mellencamp, does he go, hey, I've got these songs. Here's what we're going to do. What do you guys think? Or does he say, here's a list. Let's do it. Ready, go, boom. Oh, no. Everybody really is, you know, um, it's got to come up with some parts that, that serve the song. And uh, John sometimes will, most of the time, will have some kind of a vision for it. But you've got to sometimes throw out some ideas and, you know, and, and he'll make some references and, and you'll uh, usually kind of dial it in. But it's a when he, most of the songs come and they're acoustic guitar and vocal driven. At that point. Is he is he an OK guy to work for? Oh, I've been doing it for what? Over 10 years yeah. now. So it's working out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you've always just heard about Mellencamp that phenomenally talented great songwriter but a little d- difficult sometimes but you've you've really enjoyed working uh, yeah, for him I'm not gonna tell anybody anything new they'd yeah <laughs> we've hit it off really well I can say that um I remember in the early stages uh getting on double secret probation in that first <laughs> summer but once I uh realized that I can't hold back my ideas and I've got to just really uh just let it out what I'm you know what I'm thinking about what what I would do for a song and not come at it like what I think has been done in the past right and not you know try to carve out any new ground it's like uh, he wants your ideas so. is, is that a challenge for him because I saw him I guess in 06 he played mm-hmm. at uh, at uh, uh, now Banker's Life yeah. and and I think you were there for that yep. long before I knew you but uh, I said hey that piano player he's great man the keyboard uh-huh. player is awesome um, but uh, he did all his hits but he did a lot of them differently and I oh, thought yeah. that's got to be a challenge for him because some of these people have heard these songs for 40 years or, th- or 35 oh, yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things that will, um, uh, when there's a new album that comes out, there's kind of a, a, a sound that it has. So we'll go back and, and rearrange some of the songs that have that kind of right. similar sound. So it, there's some continuity in the show. Now, you do a ton of great stuff on your own, though. I mean, you're so known as being a, a great player, a great session musician. Do you like doing your own stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, there's, for, for one thing, I've got a lot of time to do that. You know, we're not on tour, you know, half of the year that often. Last year we were, but... Um, yeah, I always, I love doing that. I was, for 20 years, I, I did session work, wrote production music for uh, TV spots and some jingles, industrial video. So I still love doing that too. Again, our guest is Troy Kennett. I met Bruce Springsteen the other day. What? Yeah. I got oh the chance to meet the gosh. boss. And no I was, way. you know, a life am, life dream yeah. for me. And uh, Troy, I'm curious you know, obviously it's something that lasted a minute for me and it was the one of the greatest mm-hmm. experiences of my life. When you're on stage, do you think I'm entertaining people that this is some of the greatest experiences of, of their life? Are you cognizant of the people out there? Yeah, it's one of those things where we do several shows a year and um, the adrenaline maybe is not as high as in, in the early stages, but you always have to stand at the side of the stage and think about this, the people that have, you know, they've spent money on these tickets, they've, there's been anticipation, they've been looking forward to this now for quite a while. For some people, they'll get a chance to see John one time. Right. Others, have, you know, they've seen 20 or more. But 
Um, so it's always good to, to just put yourself in their seat and then it'll get you a little bit more amped up for the show and, and just to not be complacent. Um, do you ever get nervous? Oh yeah. Really? You still get nervous? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's more, it's excitement. It's not nervousness like dread, but it's nervousness like, um, you're just kind of, uh, really excited and anticipating like, uh, doing a, the Letterman show, right? You know, I mean, it's going to, to do a, a show, a live show, maybe not so much that we've, we're, we've done that several times, but for one thing, um, the Ed Sullivan theater was about 58 degrees. That's why the they keep it very cold. Yes. I've heard that Dave, uh, he thought the audience was energized that way. <laughs> I can understand that, but it's pretty cold. I mean, you could almost see your breath. In there. I want to come back to some of the great people you've worked for or worked <laughs> with, uh, in a minute, but you've done this, uh, this, this article, this column that's yeah. really cool. Tell us about that. Yeah. Keyword magazine. I just did an, uh, an interview with the editor a while back and it just came out in this January 2017. Do you like edition. doing interviews? Do you like doing stuff like oh, this? Oh yeah. Yeah. Keyword magazine is something that I, you know, if I'm on a plane, I'm going to have a keyboard magazine. I'm going to pull it out and read it. And See, people, people over here, they go, so, wow, a guy of your caliber still just reads these magazines and stuff. Oh, it's about all I read, really. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a, it's for gearheads. You know, a lot of keyboard players, if they get together, they're talking about gear. And this particular column, uh, Acoustic Upright and Grand, it's a page they do each month on interesting pianos that are being used. Um, digital pianos are great. I set them up and, you know, use them uh, several times a week, but uh, there's nothing like playing the real thing. And, and I, I'm lucky enough to get to use one on tour that is a small sized upright. It's only 68 keys. So for, you know, most piano players would know there's 88. Right, sure. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So it's easier to tour with, but it's got a specific sound of its own. It's a real folky kind of sound and it's a the hammers are really mashed down. It gives it a, you know, kind of a brighter tinny kind of sound. And uh, it's just great to be able to play something like that live. Uh, I am curious. Uh, the, the life on the road fascinates me. One of my all-time favorite songs is Jackson Brown's The Loadout. Oh, yeah. Talks about, you know, life on the road. Is that accurate? Is that a somewhat... Uh, correct portrayal of what life oh, is like for, for you yeah, guys? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, the two hours on stage is is always great. I mean, there's seldom that there's anything, there's technical problems. Sometimes you've got the flu or whatever. But right. I mean, for the most part, those two hours on stage, uh, you forget about everything else. But then it's all that other time in between that's really tough. Why and, keys? Why keyboard? Why did you become a, a, keys, a keys guy? Wow. Um, I had a brother that uh, played piano. He okay. died at a young age, and I think my mom wanted me to follow in his footsteps, and it ended up being one of those things that I just stuck with. Who inspired you? Oh, Elton John, Stevie Wonder. Um, you know, the I was mid-70s, right. so uh, I really listened to a lot of bands like that from that era. Uh, Elton John probably more than anybody and then later on it was Eddie Van Halen not his keyboard not his uh, keyboard playing but his guitar playing inspired my piano playing again our guest is Troy Kennett uh, he is a fabulous uh, keyboard player played for Mellencamp Donovan Rare Earth what was Rare Earth like? oh my gosh Pete Rivera the drummer uh, was just an amazing talent this guy I mean for one thing the guy's about 6'8 yeah, he sits behind those drums and he just <laughs> commands the stage uh, and he's got so much soul in his voice. And uh, I remember we played a, uh, a show down on, on the Mississippi River and rehearsing for that. And he explained to me about, you know, some of the lyrics I was going to be singing background to. And, uh, and, uh, Do you get nervous so, about singing? 
Uh, not so you. much. I mean, I'm not a real trained singer. The thing, um, the real singers can do it when they're sick. Uh, it doesn't take much for me to be able to just, you know, to lose it. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's that's the difference. I'm I don't don't have that training, but I can I can hold my own on background vocal parts. Uh. I, I it's so fascinating because I think about a guy like you and like I always picture you like always on tour but I, I we're friends on Facebook I follow mm-hmm. what you do you do so much local stuff tell us when you're not on the road what life is like for you okay uh last week I did the Ball State lecture one night uh Friday night I went and played with Groove Essential it's kind of a party band we did a corporate Christmas party Saturday I played for the bicentennial celebration uh, downtown. I did some just cocktail hour, and then Sunday I played in church. This week I'm <laughs> doing this. This yeah. guy that's played with Melancap, he's playing in church. All right, yeah. I mean, I'm doing that. Uh, let's see, it's probably been 18 years or so now. I've, I do that when I'm in town at Beef and Boards. It's the Garden at Beef and Boards. Oh, that's that's yeah. so. Uh, it's it's so amazing to hear those those sort of uh, sort of stories for me and you've brought some music with us today that I know we're going to play what have, what have you got for us yeah I thought that maybe we play this uh, with that keyboard magazine article and play a song that's got that that was recorded uh, it's called sometimes there's God from plain spoken and you'll hear that piano on it and that was the melon camp that's the melon camp album yeah the most recent one. yeah um, so let's go back to this keyboard magazine it's in the current one right yeah and people can can read it um, how long does something like that take like you're here it's 30 minutes you're in and out is it pretty pretty quick interview those guys do with you oh that I think on the phone I um, we emailed he had me send me send him some pictures but uh, our phone conversation was no more than five minutes oh wow so it was quick <laughs> yeah it was pretty quick and uh, you were talking to me a little bit about, you know, it's hard sometimes to capture because as somebody who's been a writer, it's hard to ca- That's why I like radio because I get to capture all your thoughts. Yeah. You know, I do an interview with you on the phone for a written piece. I might take two or three thoughts and think these are really good. You might read it and go, those weren't the two or three things yeah. I wanted to get out there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the way it goes. Do you have a favorite memory of all these great people you've played with? That's such a bad, bad question to ask. It's so generic, but it, it people hear this go, Give us something. Okay, Paul Schaefer. Um, I got to do the Letterman show a couple of times, and our paths never crossed. We were not, you know, really available at the same time. Then when John got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 2008, we were sitting at Soundcheck, and Paul's band was the house band. And we had about a half hour to sit around and wait until we could get up there on stage because of whatever the setup that was going on. And I sat there, and I I, uh, talked to Paul. I actually had a picture I, I uh, had been dragging around. I, uh, when I worked at TRC, there was this, uh, an old black and white picture of Paul Schaefer, and they were just cleaning out an, audience, uh, an office. And I said, oh, wait, what are you going to do with that? And I took it. And I, uh, I took it with me to the Letterman shows and never got to see him. And then I said, you know what? I've got this picture. And he just loved it when he saw it. It was just a hoot. That, you know, he didn't remember taking it or anything. It was an ad for Kurzweil keyboard. Um, but uh, that was just great to, to be able to hang with him, somebody that I'd looked up to and watched on TV, uh, being a big Letterman fan from, you know, Indiana Ball State Connection from way back. Uh, it was great. I look at a guy like a Springsteen, Mellencamp, the, the same way, and I think how do those guys stay motivated? I mean, in Mellencamp's case, it's the guy that wrote Jack and Diane. It's the guy that wrote Pink Houses. It's, it's the guy that wrote, you know, Rain on the Scarecrow. How does, at mm-hmm. his age, how does he stay motivated what motivates a guy like him? Wow. You know, he'll tell you that, uh, you know, he's always pushing the rock up the hill. You know, I mean, he doesn't look back. He looks forward. And I, I think that's just part of his 
part of his personality. A lot of people, uh, you know, like Tom Petty, you know, just watching a documentary about him and, and how he was driven at a young age. And, you know, he just channeled his anger into ambition. And I think a lot of people that reach that level, that's how they work. Do you listen to new music? Uh, not a lot. I love Bruno Mars. You know, I love, I, I, uh, I'm a channel surfer. So, you know, I'll listen to some pop radio here and there. Do, do you, uh, is it because you just, you don't like it or it... what I, you know, what I have a hard time with, I mean, I'm not saying there's not good stuff out there, but it's the linear performance that you don't hear that much of anymore. A lot of, what does uh, that mean? A lot of music is edited. Right. They'll take a chunk, you know, a little, you know, a chunk of a, a little musical phrase and loop it over and over. So, so many things, I just don't hear that linear performance. And you go back and you listen to, you know, any classic rock. And even if they're playing a similar phrase, the band's playing it. So it's going to change and it's going to mold from yeah. the beginning of the song to the end. So, that's part of what I don't. Uh, there's I miss. there's an artist called Mike Posner, and he does a song. I took a pill in Ibiza, and it's a huge hit that they remixed, and it became a hit. But there's this. Uh, it was originally a, basically an acoustic song, and it was so phenomenal. And I think if I'd have heard this song two years before they remixed it, and it became a hit. I'd have loved this song, but it was this remix. These yeah. people do, as you talked about, doing all this funny stuff with it that's creating yeah. hits is that frustrating for for you for a guy that says man there's these phenomenal songs <laughs> out there but they got to get some funky beat and remix behind it before they become <laughs> become hits oh i don't know i guess from from doing production music and stuff too i you know i can i can appreciate just about anything that's uh, you've got to be pretty versatile to do, to do that kind of music so um, yeah, I can appreciate the the good in just about anything. What drives you, Troy? What now? You know, it, it, all you've accomplished. What what continues to motiva- motivate you in music? Um, having a seventeen year old son that's going to be going to college is, is part of the, it. Is he into music? <laughs> he can do. Yes, he's uh, he can do about anything. He's got a great ear. He's played drums, piano, marimba. Um, he's a swimmer. I don't know what he's going to end up doing, but. Uh, he's a he just makes me want to be a, a better musician all the time is is uh, do your neighbors like people around you do they know you're the guy that plays for Mellon Camp like I gotta yeah. be honest I don't know a whole lot about my, my neighbors I'm curious you know <laughs> do they know this is the guy that plays for Mellon Camp yeah I think some of them do you know um, you know some of my close neighbors they you know will uh uh, we've got a great little community, so we're out there, you know, staying in contact with each other. So, yeah, they know that. All right. Uh, Troy, I'm curious, what's coming up for you in 2017? What do you have on the horizon? I'm going to be doing some dates with Sandy Patty. Oh, wow. Uh, she's just an amazing talent. Another Grammy, Global legend. Grammy Award winner from Indiana. I'm lucky enough to play with another one. So, going to do that. Um, and then Mellon Camp in the spring. Our audience may be hearing this and saying, I'm going to do some dates with so-and-so, you know, just it's like I'm, I, I have to you know, yeah. go to work. I have to go do this. Yeah. Do they call you up and say, do you want to do this? Do they call you up and say, we're ready to go? How does that how does that work? Yeah, I got the call to do um, the Sandy Patty Forever Grateful Tour. And I knew that because of in 2016, I already had a couple of tours with John that I wouldn't be able to do them all. But we worked out a deal where I could do some of the dates and then I would also be the tour programmer for the show. What does that mean? 
um, like a Broadway show that that goes on tour. They like uh, they might come through Clues Hall. Mm-hmm. The show is already programmed on keyboards, so a, a uh, local talent can come in and play. And they can read the book, okay. which I've done some of that work. Well, I programmed the show in such a way that a sub could come in, so I had it laid out on my keyboards where it was very descriptive. The sounds were easy to get to. I had FaceTime meetings with the subs to talk about everything specifically. I had all the backups, you know, cables, pedals, uh, sounds backed up on USB drives, everything. This is really fascinating for me because I've often wondered how, let's say, uh, years ago I went and saw Dennis DeYoung with the Indianapolis Symphony at, yeah. at Clues Hall. And I'm wondering how does the Indianapolis Symphony learn this Dennis DeYoung sticks music so quickly? Oh, yeah. Is that sort of like how they do it? There's somebody that programs this out for them? Yeah, there's lots of planning that goes into that, but uh, there would there would be an orchestrator that probably sent the uh, the music to the uh, orchestra to rehearse in advance, uh, you know, and then they... Uh, Does it make you nervous when you've got a sub? You're like, that's your baby, right? That's right, you know, and that's why I was very meticulous about it, and I, I, I went to great lengths to make sure it would be an easy transition because every, you know, I want to win, I want them to win, and the main thing is you got to make the star look good. Right. So absolutely. if my sub doesn't do a good job or if, if uh, he's or she's hosed because I didn't do something right, then that doesn't make me look good. So, yeah, I did I did whatever I could do to make sure that it was smooth. Troy, thank you so much for being with us today. You're phenomenal. I love hearing you play keys, and uh, thanks for telling your story with us today. All right. Thanks for having me. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Don't forget if you missed any part of either conversation with Indiana Mr. Football Hunter Johnson or with the great Troy Kennett. You can check out a podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes now. Just search Central Indiana Today. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. A podcast of Central Indiana Today is now available on SoundCloud or iTunes. Made possible by Figment 2 McDonald's. Figment 2 McDonald's has locations in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of WYRZ 98.9 and Community Radio. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317 317- 286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County.
This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.